Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined by by phone is Vance. Hi, Vance. Hi. Good evening. Are you at home or are you at the camper? I'm at home. Okay. Um, no uh, charges of indecent exposure this week? No. No, I did not have to go. Okay. <laughs> but that's maybe soon after the show. <laughs> nice. All right. We also, you could hear him laughing. We have Todd Young. Hi, Todd. I'm here. Ready to roll. And you are also at home, correct? Yes, I am home. You are home. Perfect. All right. This show is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com. That is the website. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And let's see. Anyone who wants to check out that photo I talked about last week, you can see the post that I made. Vance, did you see it? I saw it. Did you, uh, oh, yeah. did you give it a like? No. Because <laughs> it, it would have been like us liking the page. <laughs> well, you do it anyway on, the st- on, the, on your own posts. I might. <laughs> so, in other words, you just don't like it. You just didn't like it, yeah. I had a lot of feedback from it. They're all positive. They were funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like that photo. But apparently you I don't. may. You no, may. I like. don't. <laughs> you don't like it, Vance? I just think it's... You know, I was was tired. (laughs) Well, obviously you were tired because you were sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What chapter of the book would this be in under deer hunting? Ten. Sleep. Chapter Chapter 10. 10. Get your sleep. Mm -hmm. Get your rest in. Can't do it at night. Just do it in the stand. (laughs) Yeah, I. Are we gonna sit together on rifle? Are we? There's there's still plenty of time to figure that one out. Are you gonna give me the? I have to sit with this person. I have to sit with that person. Deal. Yes, I I will. I'm gonna go on record to say that if my wife wants to go hunting with me, she's gonna leapfrog you. Fine. That that is. I don't think that there's anyone out there that'd be like, yes, my wife is over in this stand while I'm over here hanging out with friends. Would you choose me over your wife? Hunting? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just for hunting. (laughs) Well, then maybe I'm the jerk here, but... I don't know. That's still yet to be seen. There's still uh there's still time for her to pull it out with a bow. So we're going to we're going to go we got to play it by ear. But all right. So that was that was the uh Facebook post. I noticed it wasn't shared on Instagram. Um but that's okay. I've never made an Instagram post in my life. Um baitwise 
Team Rhino Outdoors and Musky Tackle Online. Musky Tackle should absolutely have um, inventory, great stocking stuffers. So uh, by all means, jump on those online retailers and uh, get yourself some baits. Maybe get your friends, loved ones, any of that stuff, some baits. And trying to think if there's anything else major with AZ. There really isn't, so Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us. We're going to be fishing next year, early season in uh, April, May, Pennsylvania. And then we're going to go full-time up on Chautauqua Lake, New York, starting the last Saturday in May, running through November-ish, whenever we decide to wrap it up. Uh, Get a hold of us in my books are half filled i'm sure advances are maybe even more than that so you know you know when you're coming you know when you want to come get a hold of us and we'll try to get you on the books and get you out there and get you on some fish that's what we do and if you do come out with us you'll be fishing out of ranger boats big shout out to ranger boats uh, for sponsoring this show uh, and get all your ranger needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, they are winterizing boats now. They are servicing boats. They're boats, um, Starcrafts, Star Welds, Rangers, Tritons, uh, the work. So give them a fair shake. Also, um, shout out to St. Croix Rods. Best rods on earth, mostly made in the U.S. Um, we use them. They're standing the test of time, even in the cold weather. Um, so check them out. We really like the trolling series, and we're big fans of the Big Dog 8.6 Extra Heavy, which is, I guess, like not that popular with people, but we love them. I mean, let's let's talk about that a minute because... Yeah, we should talk about that because, uh, Vance, you sent me a message. You said, I think I need a new big dog. That happened maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. That happened to yours? No, I just want to it, It's older. It was one that I, like, bought on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a 10-year-old rod now. And mm-hmm. I just, it feels like things are getting... Uh, a little bit worn on it and it's because i'm passing it down it's actually like a a client rod now yeah um so i was just like i think i need to grab a new one of these before it um just because of the fact that i kind of want my own rod yeah as well if like you know Mm -hmm. the chance of us like getting up and going and like fishing like fishing somewhere which is (laughs) That has that has like a, literally no chance. It, no chance. It's like actually, it's like Andy <laughs> going fishing. <laughs> but I still just like want one in my back pocket. So, uh, but yeah, if I would was gonna buy a new one, it would be that same one. I really like it. That's odd that that I heard you say that you thought that wasn't a real popular rod with people. Well, I, I will back that up 100%. Yeah, I think people are going for the longer ones, and um, 
even on that uh, the podcast we had with St. Croix, I kind of got that vibe as well. Yeah, I mean, I know that like when the when the LT series came out or, you know, was really developing and I was a lot on musky forums, there wasn't a lot of talk about the big dog. Um, there was a lot more talk of the sling blade, which is, I think, the eight foot version for like the double tens. And then uh-huh. I think there was a longer one. I could be messing this up, but I believe it was like the Lone Ranger was a nine footer. Yeah. And... Those got a lot of talk, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this when this is when they first came out, and so it would go like Sling Blade, Big Dog, Lone Ranger, something. There's there's years that that came. I think it was okay. a, after they came out, and I could be botching this, but this is just going off of memory as we do no show prep here. Um, big, <laughs> very professional. Big, big nasty rings a bit like ring. Big nasty rings a bell with me. Was that a real thing? That was a real thing, and I want to think that it was a bigger rod. Like I don't think it was as heavy built as the big dog, but the big nasty. I think that kind of came out around the same time as all the other ones, and the Lone Ranger came out a couple years later. Again, I'm just shooting from the hip. Um, yeah, the Lone Ranger. No I know that was like intended. a pun that I was going to try to bring up that I was really clever. Um, but. Yeah, there was just a lot of people talking like the sling blade. And I, I remember seeing the post, as you could see just about any day of the year, on groups on Facebook saying, you know, will this rod handle a pounder? Will this one do this? And I just remember uh, the big uh. dog, I think it was a little bit shorter. I know it was the heaviest rod that St. Croix had in the LT series. And, you know, it was skipped over a lot. It was always overshadowed by, like, the big nasty or something just the way I felt just reading all that stuff. And then when I looked at the specs, I said, I really like this range of specs, but those specs are just really numbers. I mean, recommended lure weight. And that's what I would go off of. But I was also coming off of using, um, tooth tamer rods. And I had that jawbreaker, which was Uh not one, not two, but 3X heavy. It was rated hmm. for 48-ounce baits. Uh, this thing... Are you, are you serious? Yes. You throw the battery. Yes. Maybe not a car battery, but yes, yeah. you could... And when I, I was using that rod a lot, and I just really liked it for just exactly what it was named was about is jawbreaker you could swing that rod and you're putting all the energy through the line there wasn't a whole lot of rod flex on that um i'm not saying that it was the best rod to fight fish i caught a lot of fish yeah. with it yeah. i like that rod a lot and then Todd got in with St. Croix, and I'm like, well, I might as well get one of these, and I picked one of those up however long ago that was. I don't even know, what, 2012, 2013? And I switched off, and I I sold all my tooth tamers. And since then, I've kind of been using that big dog. And Let me ask you this quickly. Yeah. Is there a comparison with the big dog and the tooth tamer? Which was the more sturdy? Like sturdy, as uh, in the like the stiffness of the rod. Yeah, could you tell 
a difference between St. Croix extra heavy as compared to the, like, I'd never even heard of that, like triple, triple, triple X extra heavy, 48 ounce bait stuff. There is no comparison. That jawbreaker was stiff. It was, it was something to marvel at how stiff it was. It had some give, but when comparing it to the big dog, the big dog has more flex. And okay. I mean, yeah, there's it, such a fine line there, man. You just, and you brought it up, Andy, already. But there's one thing about like getting that hook set or doing, I mean, if you feel that that's the big thing you need to do, I think most of these fish hit it the way they're going to hit it, hit the bait. And you're either going to get the hook set or you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the fish is on. Gosh, that would be really hard to fight fish with a new person. <laughs> with a essentially a, a client. Yeah, yeah, a broomstick or a pull cue, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because I've said it oftentimes, like even my trolling poles, like my big stiff rods that you run out the side <clears throat> while we're trolling, it's all about the hook set. But after that was after that happened, I'd much rather have a nice limber rod hand to the clients to say, Here, now let's reel this fish in, let's fight this fish. There's so much more give. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so Andy, you you noticed a huge diff- a huge difference when you picked those two up. It probably felt like going to an ultralight almost. That that big dog probably felt like something very very light, nice to use. Fly rod. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it as a fly rod, yeah, or an ultralight. But I mean, it handled the so it handled the baits just fine. Now with that with that jawbreaker. It, I was at the stage of, of the game to where I felt like what Todd actually brought up without even being prompted to was I felt my hook sets just sucked. And that's when I was holding the foregrip, and it was an eight-foot rod. I'd hold the foregrip, and so that gave me extra leverage. And I would just like, I just like the whole body rotation, just complete mm-hmm. everything I could into a hook set. Because I was coming off of like a devastating season, the one before, and the numbers are starting to kind of escape me as it's been so long, and it really doesn't matter. But it was something like I caught five fish, but I lost 28, and I just thought it was all hook set. So what do you do? You just you overcompensate. That's the only American thing you can do is go big or go home. So yeah. I got the jawbreaker, and you know things started to turn around, but I can't just... I can't pin it on it was the rod and me just working my abs to, to get this mm. incredible rotation. Um, it might not have been the problem. Well, you got, Andy, it's not your abs. You got abs. Oh, of steel. <laughs> I protect them very well. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, there's so much stuff here. Even in the rods, there's so much. I, I, I see things all the time, like people taking those giant, big overhead casts. Like, there's a two pounder over the head. 
ginormous casts throwing the two pounder out there. I wait, but but the, the picture's not complete unless there's thirty six <laughs> inches of line hanging off the tip. When they do it, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't know. It's a cool photo, but it, it I I've we've all casted with an extremely you know like extreme amount of line hanging off. Mm-hmm. It's a cool photo, but I've never had great cast with that. No, that, that that's very bad. I always tell people my boat like reel it up closer to the leader before you do this because you're a little like underhand swinging. pitch. Yeah, yeah uh, well, I do the underhand pitch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's you know we'll we'll get there. The um, but like but comparing these rods, I ended up like I said I ended up selling them and I said I went all big dog on that. And there are just some advantages of having a higher some higher end gear. Not not every bit of high end gear can you like really justify dollar and cents wise. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I don't. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but it just fits real nice here. Is I would rather have one high end. Now you guys are guides, but take yourself away from the guide thing. I'd rather have one high end rod and reel than three, four, five, six middle of the road to low end combos. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I will have a backup rod depending on, on any, any of that stuff. Cause I do have a backup rod and it, it'll do everything that the big, you know, like my big dog will do, but I don't have a lot of gear failure. So I don't know here. Is, is there a big difference between the price tag? I think I, the, I, I, uh, jawbreaker no was like 200 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I was wondering. I, I'd I'm say I'd call it a mid-level rod. Bad about them. Yeah, so it was a couple hundred dollar rod, the same as your... As a Premier. Uh, as a Premier Series, yeah. yeah. Which I think you can do everything with the Premier Series. Yes, there is... But what I what I did learn, so this was something that, that's kind of neat, was even though that, that rod was rated from like 8 to 48 ounces or something crazy like that, I know mm-hmm. it's 48 was the, the high end. I don't know what the low end recommended was. I was throwing like two ounce bucktails with it. Yeah. It's not ideal <laughs> by any stretch. But when people no. are like, no, you can't use this rod. That's too light. Bull crap. Put it on there and try. What? Like you're not going to jail. Yeah. Just yeah. hook it up and, and do it. And I would, I would throw little baby spinners and stuff mm-hmm. with it because I didn't want to go and carry three rods with me. So yeah. I just went in tune with what I'm going to prim- primarily be fishing with and go with it and just adapt to the other styles. Um, that's just how, how I'm working it. But I will say this, like the big dog, you know, I like, I, like Vance already brought up, it kind of got a bad rap, but I can throw everything with it confidently. It was six inches longer and I put about four inches on the back of mine. So I'm not quite nine foot. I, I wanted a longer butt section. And I'm going to tell you this, the, the higher end, those tangle free eyelets that are on it. Mm-hmm. I miss those when I'm using a rod that doesn't have them. I don't know if you guys notice that at all, but 
that's a huge perk to having that high end rod. That's probably yeah, coming into your. What's that? The stream fishing. That's probably coming back to your stream fishing, flipping underneath there. I I don't see. I mean, I, they're nice. They look pretty. I got a brand new big dog sitting here right now. I looked at it's in the. I still got the plastic on it. I know someone that's in the market for one. Yeah, well, I I got mine, and I, but I'm I'm a le- little leery to replace it because. You know, my the big dog that I have in the boat is the one that's like as as Vance said. I like to have at least there's one thing you can have when you're guiding. All the tra- like, if I would go on a fishing trip right now, like a trolling trip, I honestly don't even know which rod I would grab because they're just in the mix. Eight trolling rods. Uh, my casting rod is a little bit special. It's a little special. Comes back to my, yeah, coming yeah, back. Like, like you want your own. If you would go on a fishing trip, okay, I'm going to bring my casting rod. Let's up and leave and go. Yeah. Am I going to like you? Not that it's beat down. I mean, these rods have been mm-hmm. used for you know close to ten years from each of us, and there's no there's no failures on them. Um, but I'm starting to hand it down, and it's just like becoming less and less a part of me yeah. um, because of that. And I'm just like, oh, shit, I want like my own thing. Your own, your own rod. I want to at least have my own rod in the boat. My own casting rod. Yes. Yes. And I feel the same way because I've been handing mine down and there's only certain, you know, some people. But notice, I'm noticing this. Notice how we're saying casting rod. We're saying rod. We're saying one rod. We feel like we could get everything done with that rod. Mm-hmm. Whether it's we take it just hypothetically, we go up to the Georgian Bay or Lake of the Woods and we are burning double tens or we are throwing a pounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if we're it's just really on a jerk jerk bait, I feel like I could do that with with yeah. that rod. Yeah. It's really odd when Andy was Andy saying that it thought that one sort of got left aside because when I look it at does. it, like, it, it that's does. The one that I, that's that's like the one. That's but the if one. you if you can remember on our podcast with St. Croix, we had the guy that literally oversees the making of them. He said yeah. that that is one that is overlooked. Am I, mm-hmm. am I, did I, do you remember that Andy? I, I, I want to think that there was, there was conversation of, of like of that topic. I can't remember it exactly, yeah, but yeah. no, it is eight foot six. And I know that people are liking some reason as Andy said, bigger, better. American stuff, they like the longer rods and uh, things like that. 8.6 used to be like just a, it was a huge rod for me, you know, just oh, very, yeah. like, like super big, you know, coming from. Still, it's still really hard to hand off to someone when you're trying to teach them how to use a bait caster and stuff. That's why I, I start with 7.6s with that method. Seven six. You know, that should be outlawed. Yeah. Well, that's what I start with because, you know, the weight, the uh, 
you know, the length when you're doing your, I don't know. It just seems to be very much easier for them to use a, a smaller rod and something like that. I mean, that 8.6 is, I have no problem standing and doing bigger eights. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's primarily demographic-driven, too. You know, mm-hmm. I remember when the jerkbait rod used to be the seven six six seven footer, and mm-hmm. you know, then then the big craze was like the figure eight stuff and the longer rods. Your back didn't hurt because guys are kneeling on the deck doing figure eights, and you know, I, I've caught in in memory. I probably have caught more, but in memory, I know of one notable fish caught on a figure eight, like actually a figure eight. Not, you know, I've caught some other ones on just boat side twitches and stuff, but an actual mm-hmm. true blue, if I was being filmed, they'd say, yes, you are doing an eight. Yeah. And you can get it done other ways at the boat, depending on what you're using, but yeah. for what, what I'm doing and stuff. So that, that longer rod really like now the nine and a half and the 10 footers, it's just at what point is enough enough? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I would not be surprised if there's an eleven foot casting rod. It might. It might already be out there. <laughs> yeah. I think I yeah. have some ten and a half foot trolling rods, mm-hmm. and they're Can trolling just, rods, just... and they're just like, what is going? Like it. It is almost. It almost feels like you're in a cartoon, with and, and like the main well, character has something that's just obnoxiously long. And I'm like, this doesn't even feel right. And I'm just putting baits in the water. And it's like a dipsy rod or something. Uh, it, it would be, it, it is a trolling designated trolling rod. I don't know if it'd be designated dipsy, but yeah, it is. It, it's, yeah. it's quite limber there. And, and you set it into your rod holder and it seems like it's a mile away. It does. And, and that was the whole point of buying that rod was it was cheap. Number one, because I'm going to go really cheap on my trolling rods. And um, if I was going to do the down rod, out rod, this was going to play as either a board rod or a second out rod that's just out, out. You know, like a re- like a shallower running, long lining, not a hard pulling thing that wasn't going to bow that thing right into my eight-foot rod. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Almost like an outrigger, you could call it. Mm-hmm. And... I think I've used them twice and I ended up just shelving them and I put in, I put in shorter rods. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the thing though. Like when you're, when you're first starting out and that's why I said like this eight, six rod, which I think is kind of looked at as a small rod now. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, I started with that classic jerk, which was this like six six, as Andy mentioned, yeah, and then six, eight six. six it's like three was my favorite. Holy crap! Like this yeah. thing's enormous in my small boat. There was like a a uh, a storage issue there as well. You know, and now all of a sudden you have a a rod that's two thirds as long as your boat, and I'm like, holy heck! You know. That's, this is a lot to handle here. Mm-hmm. But like anything, you get used to it. Let me ask you this, though. When I... When, 
when when there are rods that gain length, when I hold the big dog, I'm sorry, I'm going through all these things are going through my head because this isn't prescripted, like we said. Um, I feel like the eight six is one piece solid all the way through the tip. When I go with a longer rod, I feel like I lose that stiffness in the tip. Does that make sense? I yeah. feel like if it was like a 10 foot rod, it wouldn't like. Yes. 10 foot, but you got to look at what, like what action they're calling it. Fast action, medium, fast, slow. Well, you, you, you notice this though, too, in the St. Croix line. So, like, the 8.6 is the extra heavy. The big dog, or I mean the big nasty, is heavy. The 9-foot trolling rods are extra heavy. The 10-foot are heavy. And I think they can't, like, engineer it to be that extra heavy feel past that 8.6. Because it feels very stiff all the way to the tip. And that's why we love them for the tap on our gliders. And that's why we love them for the, the pull and pop on our jerk baits. Because you can feel that pop and you can feel the tap very easily with. Uh-huh. And it just feels like you're you're in tune with the bait more rather than the tip. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it does. But from, from the... St- from like the standpoint is if you have a little bit of tension on the line and something hits it, it's going to transmit to your hands because there's less flex on the tip. Whereas if you had something that was more limber, you're, you're not going to get the same magnitude feedback Mm -hmm. to your hands Mm -hmm. because it will absorb some, if it absorbs half of what the, 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 the tick is. And sometimes that tick is a fish. Um. Yeah, you. There will be a a more level of disconnect. Um, but you know, like like I was doing with my jawbreaker, it gets to a point to where you're like, "Geez, when is too much too much?" I I, mean, I feel like we're just like always going against the norm with what we say. Well, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, I just do. And just like what you read and what you see and the people writing, uh, I just feel like we always go, go against that norm. Now, now Vance, what's the, uh, how long are those two piece trolling rods we're using? They're nine or nine and a half. Those are nine, nine, even nine. And they have the nine and a half. No, they don't. They have a 10. Or is it but, 10? Okay. But, but again, it goes 9 foot have extra heavy, 10 foot heavy. Yeah, and that thing bows back. So they lose in the tip. They're losing the yeah. tip. That thing bows back way further than our 9. So so that Absolutely. 10 actually fishes like a away. shorter rod than the 9 footer. It would depending so, on you yeah, know what you're using. That trolling series for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you it's bent back like crazy, it's not the rod that I could ever. I mean, even when we're running little baits off of there, whether it's yeah. pot sheds, tough sheds, or whatever, bakers, or you know, those small little baits, they they just don't. 
it bends so much. It's not the rod for me. That's all I can say. <laughs> so I can say that, like, with what they're putting out there, it seems like the extra heavy, at least in the St. Croix line, um, stops at eight foot six on the casting line. And it seems like everything past that is heavy and it's in that nine and 10 for the casting series. Mm -hmm. So, and that comes back to me feeling like it's all one piece and I'm very in tune with the bait at that eight, six version. The rod feels like it's all one strength the whole way through. And I can feel that bait the entire time. When I use one that is like a medium heavy or a heavy, I feel more tip action. Mm -hmm. Sure. And where that comes down, like the advantage and the disadvantage to that, I think comes to uh, fighting the fish at the boat. If it goes on a very like long run with a very big fish, I would say that a more givey rod that has more tip puts you at an advantage. Yes, for sure. Um, to to let that rod do the work and keep the tension, and then then our eight sixes that we're using because they're just they're very stiff. I mean, sometimes yeah. they they can act as a stop almost, mm -hmm. if even if you have your drag all the way loose. But again, it's all in how you prefer to fish, um, and maybe with you know, feel good, look good, play good mentality with that 8.6 and the way that I'm using lures and we use all types of lures on it while we're casting, you know, maybe that just, that action that I can give with it and my confidence in, in using it triggers the strike and gives me the opportunity to net or miss the fish at the boat side when we're fighting. Yeah, that there is no perfect tool. So you know, like with, to to build on what Vance just said, you you pick up the feel that you want, but it's it's a little bit stiffer of a rod than one that has a lighter action. So you just got to be a little bit smarter at the boat. You know, when, when you have limited line yeah. out there, but you know, if it does something really well and then something average, and you know, whatever, just like some video game, picking your race car and they show all the stats on it. You, you pick the one that you feel is going to be the most advantage to you. And, um, I would just, you know, I tend to agree with that. I mean, when I'd fight a fish, I take that drag back to almost nothing. If it wants to go, let it go. I don't care. But that's my calm, you know, how I combat a stiffer rod is I, I, I let the real yeah. do the work. I mean, to the point to where I'm actually not letting the reel do the work. I'm letting my thumb do the work uh -huh. to where I, I want to, I don't want to rely on a drag or a machine that I really can only feel how it's getting pulled in my hand. I take that almost out of the equation to where my, my left thumb, I can feel that tension. It, it's a more of a connected thing. It's a lot of, you know, it's some jacking around. You got to screw around with the drag. You got to be quick on it. And, you know, you fight them out. But that's my choice. Other people might say, I don't want to do that. I'm going to let the rod 
be my shock absorber. Yeah. Yep. So hard to let the rod be your shock absorber when you're dealing with those really stiff two X. I mean, the St. Croix makes it two or three X heavy. They have a premiere. Yes, that's right. Yeah, they do make one. And uh, I've had them. I've seen them. I was like, oh, it'd be an okay down rod. But, you know, for trolling, I never really thought about casting with it. But, you know, when we're trolling, it's just uh, I'd rather have that tip. Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of stuff happen when we're reeling trolling fish in. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a level of if you're trolling with a rod and let's just say you got like a really noodly downrigger rod and you have a bait pick pick a bait whatever bait you want it's it has to at a certain to a degree run different if it was on a downrigger rod than if it was on that jawbreaker that tip, that tip flex ha- would have something to do with how it wiggles and I, I haven't even, waves. yeah, I don't know how it would react because I, I just like now thinking of it, having the rod actually, it, it could transmit a different vibration. It could be a less dynamic vibration. If it's back there thumping, but you got the rod really, you know, in tune with it, flowing with it, it's probably a more smooth like if you think of of sound as like you know a sine wave, it probably takes away the peaks. Mm-hmm. It probably dulls it down Absolutely. some. You put it on a really hard hard rod that that bait's just down there just hammering. It probably is more spiky. Yep. I mean, I could be. I don't think I'm wrong, but I I haven't put much thought yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. That passes the eye test for me. Makes a little sense, you know. I mean, so at that point, I mean, so now let's just throw another thing in the equation. So if if the rod is a little bit more noodly, is that going to affect the running depth of that bait? It has to. It has to. That's, because, a, that's a great, yeah, that's a great point. It absolutely has to. I mean, is it going to be six inches? Is it going to be six feet? I don't think it's six feet. It could be a foot. You know, I, I don't know. I've I've never really tried it, but everyone's talking about, you know, and the same thing would be like, I think to a lesser extent, line diameter. And what's your leader? You know, if you got a bigger, thicker line, obviously you're going to probably get less depth. You get a super thin line, you know, all, all that stuff plays into account, but I've never heard anyone ever talk about, Hey, if you're running like a medium stiffness on your rod or a heavy, you're going to get this depth. But if you're running some, you know, really soft tip, you might be a little bit higher. And and this, you could almost change the way the bait feels to the fish based on the rod that you're using. Your number one bait might be your number one bait because it's on this rod. And if you switch Mm -hmm. it to a different rod, it might just be average. It could be crap. It could be better. You're throwing a whole nother thing of super fine-tuning. Oh yeah, you know you get those baits that that roll more than thump. They might actually like have a longer um, frequency if it's on a really soft rod versus a, a really rod. yeah. Yep. I mean, is it going to be the difference of you know sixty hertz 
or is it going to be maybe 60 hertz is way too much. Um, 60 thumps a minute is what I'm going for, not per second. Um, 60 thumps a minute or 90 thumps a minute. I don't know. I No one's ever tested that that I'm aware of. But yeah, you know, I, I really see you can really see that on your uh, on those inline planers that Vance and I run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like stiff rod, limber rod, where they're bouncing around. You know, there's just times it's like, oh, that that's the rod right now. And there's times when I know Vance and I talked about it there a couple of weeks ago. It's like planer boards are doing nothing right now, which is really strange. Mm-hmm. Still or not. Yeah. And we go through the summer sometimes and it's like everything's on the boards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it comes back to, you know. Yeah, I don't know. And you look at the board. You look at the board bouncing all around, and you know it's like so that's doing almost like what the Project X does. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that's the golden ticket. Let's take this. Let's take this. Let's move into something else. I mean, obviously, a way to save money is to have one rod. Is it um, bad to have multiple applications? Nah, I don't think so. Um, well, I want to expand on that real quick. If any of your buddies are making fun of you while you're fishing because you're using, air quotes, the wrong rod, they're not really your buddies. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, I That's didn't mean true. to interrupt, but I had to, I had to interject. No, that yeah, that, that's very true. Um, but again, as we said, and we've always said, we try to just use one rod to use everything. It is uh, more economically sound, and it also, you know, goes with our uh, our bait line very well. Uh, coincidence maybe but yeah um so that's where we're at with that if you have more than one rod awesome do whatever makes you feel that you're fishing uh the most efficient at that that uh that time um but we were going to talk about muskies inc muskies inc because we still haven't got through the plugs at 43 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Muskie Sink, yeah. Join yo, yo. your local chapter. Todd. Yo, yo, up, Don. I there mean, it is. I mean, what do you think about Muskie Sink? Got to get involved. Join your local chapter. So much stuff going on with these local chapters, with the stockings and, uh, good access to the lunge log 400 and some thousand fish you can look at uh you know like some place you're getting ready to go fish you can check out what guys are doing there what's been happening where there's trolling casting uh get 
as involved as you can in your local Muskie Inc. chapter. Anybody in Muskie Fishing, if you're not involved in Muskie Inc., talked about it there on the last podcast. I couldn't believe there's only 6,000 members. Uh, it's kind of sad. He's Cost shaming you. Yeah. Cost of a bait. Get involved in your chapter. Give them some money. And in turn... They're going to give you a better fishery. That's right. They've done so much for our fisheries. Done so much here in Pennsylvania. They they just, uh, you know, the chapters have helped so much to make the muskie fishing better. You know, to kind of put it in perspective, like, if, if you're really, like, looking at this, and let's just say bad stuff happens and... There's no money left, and it's the Great Depression 2.0. And mm-hmm. all these places are like, well, we got to put something on the chopping block. I pretty much guarantee you, musky fishing is not an essential f- sport. No, no. There's more f- people fish for catfish yeah. in our country than they do fish for muskies. There's more people fish for, obviously, bass. It is a very first-world sport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mainly because they're only in North America. Mouskies, Inc., I think, is the main reason. It's a big part of why we have what we have to go out there and fish for every day. No doubt. No doubt. So, you know, should there be an apocalypse coming up and you happen to find yourself in a really good spot to where you can still go muskie fishing, um, yeah, <laughs> maybe you might want to think in investing a little bit now because it might be a little bit better that can coast you through uh, what existence you have left on this planet should everything go to crap. There, that was, yeah. like, that was a I good mean, plug. You better keep the stocking going. My age, 50 some years old, they got to stock them now. Yeah, I mean, you're still be able to take advantage of those for the next 20 years, right? You you need something, right? That's right. Very nice. And let's not forget, as far as I know, it's still going on is the Muskie Max Plus. That's going to be in Canada. We're going to hope we're going to find out every day gets a little bit different. Yeah. And it's changing quite fast. Yeah. So. I think it's March 6th and 7th, Cannonsburg at Princescape Arena. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that, but mark your calendars because as of right now, it is still a go. A lot of great vendors, great time. I love the venue. Um, We're going to see, but mark your calendars. Also, let's not forget about the National Hog Hunt put on by Muskies Inc. Chapter 70. It runs the entire length of November. Um, fish entered through the Fish Donkey app, uh, which we are familiar with with prior tournaments. Uh, musky and Tiger Musky categories have a cash payout for the three longest fish in both categories. Catch and release only. Register for the quote Muskies Inc. Fall. 2020 National Hog Hunt at FishDonkey.com. Check it out. Excellent. All right, Vance. 
before I interrupted okay, you to so, finish our thing. Okay, Todd, someone yeah, talk. We did our, we did our uh, intros. Yeah, I think I think half I think halfway through is uh, doing some of those intros lands a little bit more because I think that people fast forward through it. But what we were supposed to like uh, talk about was saving uh, some money in the long run in musky fishing. Um, you know, like a kind of a buy once, use for everything. Mm-hmm. And we really expanded on the rod thing. We just did a rod, yeah, for yeah. 40 minutes. And, and, and to, that's just one thing. To, to go with that would also be, obviously, to pair it with a rod, is you're going to need a reel. So I guess when it comes down to it, I'm going to break this down even more, and I don't want to hijack Vance if you were going somewhere, but let's speak quickly of a reel. Would you rather... Now, you can buy fishing reels. Let's just say they're about equal in price. You can get reels that are four and $500. You can get rods that are four and $500. You can get reels that are 80 bucks. You can get rods that are 80 bucks. If you had a choice, and here's your choice, a high-end rod with a, with a low-end reel or a high-end reel with a low-end rod, what would it be? High-end reel. Todd? And real. I'd have to agree. Damn it. That does not make good for No, it, it doesn't. No, but I think it I think it does make good. No, I mean but I mean even high end real like a high end real could be a hundred dollar real. That's still high end for your average guy going out there to go musky fishing. Yeah. I mean you're I mean I what, what real are you using to they don't have to buy a four hundred dollar uh real to go get this done well well, yeah i I understand that but i think when we say like high end you think tranks Iowa, and abby garcia Mm -hmm. probably um you lend the musky community is like more into tranks I, i would imagine um but you know, pick, picking up the line and taking less cranks, mm-hmm. uh, I think is more important on and uh, in the long run um, than if I had. It, you use the reel so much more in musky fishing than you use the rod. I think. I, I don't know. I think that's just more important. And. Uh, I think you can adapt with the rod a lot easier uh, when you have a really nice reel to back it up uh-huh. as compared to vice versa. So. You, yeah, you can use the reel to make up some shortcomings of the rod. It's really mm-hmm. hard to let the rod make up shortcomings of a reel. So kind of like what, what Todd was going with, there is like you're going to get an abu round reel for about a hundred bucks that could be good enough for some people but when you compare it around abu to let's just say a tranks 400 we're going to we're going to keep that keep that thing going there there are differences there's there's a feel a fit and finish a sure. you know when you when you click the free spool and it goes 
click and you just feel it solid and it makes you feel good. I remember, gosh, what was it? I had my Curados and I didn't like how the thumb depress was. It was, it was cantilevered. It wasn't supported on both sides. And after like a half a season of hard use, it got loose enough to where you had to have your thumb all the way over to the one side plate. Or when you try to push, it got, it, it'd stick. It wasn't broken. It just would stick. And that never made me feel good because I'm like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. And then, you know, you buy the 30 cent part and you put a new one in and it's good for, you know, a couple more months. And I also, man, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to trash anything. So, um, you know, when, when you got a reel that you feel is sticky or just kind of has those things, a rod isn't going to fix that. But if you how got about your, how about your, how about your line, Andy? Do you think your line makes a difference? You know, I ha- I haven't experimented with line that much, but from what I hear people saying, and I can't put any truth behind it, is line with that absorbs a lot of water, and mm-hmm. th- there are there are times that I feel some line may I I I haven't left the norm of Power Pro or Suffix. I know some people hate one brand and love another. I, I have yet to have any real horrible experience with any of it. But I also think how you reel in can affect how much water is actually coming on onto your spool and onto your hand. And how why I feel that way is when you do a lot of winter fishing and like it's below freezing air temperature and you're reeling in, you will see how your water collects because it yeah. freezes. And mm-hmm. you're either going to freeze the reel or you're going to freeze up the eyelets. Mm-hmm. And one's going to go first. And if you point your rod really straight in line with your bait and the line barely touches the eyelets, you're going to get more water in your reel. Mm-hmm. If you hold it on a slight angle and let that tip, you know, kind of hit the line and it just kind of knocks it all off, you're going to get a big honk and icicle on the end of your rod. And then you're yeah. going to be, you know, either like me just busting it out or some people will, as a as a tip, they put their rod in the water, grab another rod that was already in the water that, you know, the water might be 36 degrees. They'll take their cast. When it freezes up, they set that one down, grab the other one that's already naturally thawed out and you're not breaking eyelets. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't played around. I know you use Tiger Braid, correct? Yeah. What, what? What what made you kind of go tiger break? Because that's not a very mainstream. No, it's not mainstream. It's just like when, when they first came out. Not mainstream playing. now. Not mainstream now, but it was mainstream X amount of years ago. Not to make Todd sound old. No, but when they came out with them, I mean, you know, I got like four different super lines and put them on all the poles, and that's the one I liked. It didn't snap when you were taking casts, <laughs> which I've seen yeah. lots of the other ones. I have broke uh, sixty-five pound Power Pro on a on a on a professional overrun. Uh, I haven't done it with eighty though. But that's also another thing is you're just overcompensating by going bigger. Uh, but I think you're using what fifty pound. 50 for casting, 80 for trolling. Mm-hmm. 
I still have never had it break. Yeah. 80, uh, that no, going to line, I, I think we're talking about strength just for a uh, side pot line matters in trolling more than casting just because of uh, yeah. depth charts. Yes. Just so people know, but what the context that we're talking about is essentially durability. Mm-hmm. Now, something like to, to, to add on to what Vance was talking about, Todd hasn't had any lines breaking when you're casting. I did because I had whatever, a six-ounce bait, and I had to do a happy Gilmore cast, and it got away from me, and it was doing 90 miles an hour and stopped instantly. And then it sounds like a twenty-two going off. Yeah, got um, caught in your hole. It's whatever. Something happened, and it went snap, and I'm like, oh, that's gone. And then you look 100 yards down the river or wherever you're at, and you see a splash, yeah. and you're like, yeah, I'm not getting that back. <laughs> I have since changed to where it's all lollipop casting, like like we've talked about a lot, is a lot of underhand pitches. Toss it out. Yeah, I could cast it four times further if I did an overhead cast. but It's a terrible I, hook set out there. It is. It's fun when you get one to stay because you now fight it for 200 feet. But, yeah, it is a horrible hook set. <laughs> so, I mean, that how, your technique of casting, can you can almost reduce line diameter if you're not like me and have to show how far you can cast. Or if fish aren't biting, you have casting competitions. Build um, high cast or, yeah. Yeah, who can cast further? I don't know. Sometimes you get bored and you got to do stuff like that. Yeah. So here's how much time. Okay. So I got a little story to tell. Vance told a story earlier this year on the podcast about had a client out that had a, had one of my baits in his box that got stuck in his boot. Right, Vance? I'm talking about the original. It, it was it was foot. It was in his foot. He stepped yeah, on he, it barefoot. Like he stepped on he stepped on a rusty hook. He stepped on a rusty hook. Great apparel. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> the Vance go. <laughs> Vance got <laughs> the rusty hook. <laughs> Andy. Yeah. <laughs> the rusty hook. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yo, I I do remember that. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow. This guy got a rusty hook. So I'm trolling Miss Vicky Banks, famous, and uh, we got snagged in a spot that I've been through 8,000 times. I was like, what the hell could I be snagged on out here? And we get it all. I come back on the bait. And I, you know, we reel everything in. I get the boards out. It was hooked on the down rod, and we come back, and, and, uh, Sure as shit. Got a bait. Like the I, I can't remember how it happened. Like I backed up to it and it broke loose. And uh we cut a bait. It was one of Vance's baits. Like Yeah, it was. Okay, wait, so it was. So I caught one of Vance's baits. Uh, yeah. Like where where was it snagged at? Or was it just 
floating aimlessly. I have no idea what's snagged on. You just reel it in, and there's a bait. I, we were totally snagged. The line's going out. I reeled all other five poles in. We go back over to it. We come back over top, and I'm pulling. And when I pull, I feel something like snap. Reel it up, and there's a piece of line on there. I start pulling the line. I'm like, oh, I might get another rod. I mean, I use one of the rods. I keep it in there just for nostalgia purposes. I have a, uh, a Daiwa, Andy, you might know, Daiwa Gold. Gold. Uh, Is it the Gold Ring Sea Line? Yeah, the Gold sea line yeah so like they had like a gold and i think a silver ring on the sea lines which is our their um line counters like they're mm-hmm. they're like I, I don't know if they have a higher end than that but you have the AccuDepth and then the sea lines the sea lines are a supposedly a better a better line counter and okay. the, the so gold rings like were like the ones that people want because there was something different about them they were older though okay so that's the one that i snagged a couple years ago I got that in, in the boat for a backup. And when we do, we've caught some fish on it. I cleaned it up that night. and But as, as like when I go back over the snag, I feel it pop loose. Like, oh, we got it. And I, I got my lure, lure back and there was some line, line on there. And when I grabbed the line, I assumed I was like, oh, there's going to be a rod on this. And when I pulled on the line with my hand, there was no rod, but I felt something. And as I kept pulling it, I could feel like a lure wiggling. And uh, I ended up catching one of Vance's, Vance's baits. Yes, you did? Yes. And I still have yours. Okay, so, so have, I, gave you, I gave you yours back. It needed I, tuned, and the hooks needed sharpened. I will tell you that, Vance. I told you that... Uh, <laughs> I would give you at the you end know, of the course it, yeah, they knew they were rusty. But uh your lore that that came back I will gold will be, yeah. be in your, your uh Christmas yeah. package. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. That, that that had nothing it's just weird coincidence that happened on the water. Mm-hmm. Um but that had nothing to do with like a uh, a line fill. That's when you have things that are expensive, um, and you you just lose them. There was nothing like you know. I cheaped out on anything at that point. I just got no, screwed. It just <laughs> Did you get snagged? Yeah, I got snagged. I have no idea what what it is either. Yeah, it's really strange. It's in a spot. I mean, that's where character. I mean, I have like ten big fish marks in that area. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's there. And when the... I came through, like I was totally snagged too, on the line, and it just popped right up. It was just that easy. All you had to do is pop it up, Vance, and you would have got your lure just... back. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Obviously, you didn't try that. You you looked at it and said, "Well, there's nothing that can be done." So you, and I cut it. You, you pulled out a giant <laughs> Bowie knife and you cut it. I did. 
I don't know, but what are some other things that let's let's end on one thing that you could buy more, you know, spend a little bit more money to last years. I got to think about this. Okay, so I I'll go a different route here. Here's what I would not spend umpteen hundred dollars on to buy. It would be a bait. Well, like well a single said. bait? Yeah, like a single bait. I was actually going to go that route, but I was going to take it from the other angle is cover cover your basic bait needs. A couple mm-hmm. of each. Mm-hmm. And take the advice that no one no one takes. Learn how to fish them. Exactly. I never took that advice, and now I got a whole wall full of them. But mm-hmm. you have to walk through that fire to understand that it burns. Um, I know, and that's just such an obsession. It's such I, an I obsession. Def- people. I mean, I- we've definitely done that with our casting setups. But when it comes to crankbaits and stuff, it's still, you know, like one of every color. And that's what's, that's where you get screwed. Like Andy, Andy can, can attest like casting. uh, We, and, and Todd as well. We, a couple baits were good. Mm-hmm. Because we know how to work them, and I by, know, no, by knowing yeah. by knowing how to work them, you can tweak mm-hmm. them in their own special little way, which is you casting baits. And if look again, look good, feel good. Let, let's good. not sugarcoat this. I'll have a bait that I say this is my bait, and I'm going to force this down your throat. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. how I approach it. Is you are eating this color whether you like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if, if you're casting, you're sitting there throwing that bait. Every time you stop and change, you know, you're taking time off. But, you know, in in trolling, when you're running a six-bait spread, what else can you change? A little bit of line length. Mm-hmm. Uh, really easy to just, like, start changing colors, Right. Colors. Colors. So here's a little personal, (laughs) along the lines of color, here's a little personal thing. I got unsolicited a bait in the mail today. Um, One of these things, I I haven't even sent out the thank you yet, Uh, but it was, it showed up. It's beautiful. The person listens to the show, and I'm going to thank you, you know, personally, but here's a small shout out there. Um, I looked at it. And I played with it for a little bit and then, you know, the whole family routine stuff. But it like, it, it lit a spark and I'm like, dang it, I'm going to have to buy a bunch of these. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just one of those, you pick it up, it yeah. feels good, it looks right and all this stuff and it's a clean yep. paint. And, and I'm like, man, I haven't really thought about trolling in a while. And I'm like, I wonder what this thing looks like. And, and, and then the gears start to turn how quickly they can start to turn. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's, it, it's neat like that, 
But I'm going to say a place that you can save your money is it is cool to have them, but it is not yes. necessary to have 10, 12, 14, 18-inch screens on your dash. It's not necessary. If you no. want to save what could be thousands of dollars, I ran years on a four and a five inch screen. You can absolutely get by with a nice, healthy seven inch screen and as save. As long as you can see it, you know, as you get older, I'm starting to get older. I'm having a hard time seeing the screen. I might have to bump it up, but. Or you could yeah. get glasses. Well, yeah. And that would help you with driving and every other aspect of your life. <laughs> yeah. And it's cheaper than. I wear glasses, contacts. I've been doing that a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. but I yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Is that mm-hmm. the 12 the inch mm-hmm. screen is not going to do anything different than a nine inch screen other than just Vance. being bigger? I got to ask Vance something. Do you see those guys in the bass tournaments? And we looked at that one boat. It was... We pulled in that boat. There's like. How many? I bet you he had six. They were the big. Maybe they were even bigger. Yeah, they were like televisions, like three up front, three at the helm. I don't even know how the guy can drive. He's trying to catch a bass. But that bass could win him a million dollars. But it's also it's going to slow you down three miles an hour because there's sails in the wind. I, I said Dang. that, and I also said that it doubles as an extra windshield for when it's really yeah. cold out. You, now you have forward-facing cameras, and you don't even need to look with your eyes. You can just look at the screen and James Bond yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see over the. It's hard to see over them when you're dry. I don't know how they can drive. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean that's one place because there used to yeah. be like a thousand dollars difference between the big and like a reasonable little. It's a thousand dollars. Yeah, that was like seven, eight, nine, twelve, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still feel the biggest thing is the baits. You know, my gosh, don't, don't go out and buy those. $200 baits. They're not magic. If I will guarantee you they're not magic. If you're, you hear yeah. people buying, do you hear people winning the PMTTs on these magic $200 baits? Not usually. Do you hear the guides talking about using them? No. You don't. It, it is. Do they work? Absolutely. They work. You can catch fish on them. I've got a lot of high, very high end baits sent to me over the years that when I put them in the water, I mean, I can barely get them to run. They do not go in my spread after so long. Like I'll play with them for a while. It looks great. It's fun. Buy them up, collect them. There's a lot of them that are not fish catchers. I'm out there to I'm out there doing my musky fishing and charters to catch fish. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to do. Yep. I don't care what it's on. I don't care who's bait. Uh, you can get it done without hundreds of hundred dollar baits. Put it that way. 
Yeah, that's that's a, a good point for you know saving. What should you not spend a dollar on? There's no magic bait. Nope. But as you said, Vance, you got to learn to use your bait. Yeah, it's what's your most comfortable running. What's going to make you fish the best? Yep. Mentally, it's a big mental game too. You got to outlast them. Force feed them. Get mad at them. Yeah. Well, anything else before we wrap it up? It's good enough. Perfect. All right, big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vix Marine, Musky Zinc, the Musky Max Plus. So please support our fine sponsors, and holiday season's coming up, so, you know, times are tough. You know, help out any way you can, especially Musky Zinc. Uh, for all the reasons that we've talked about. So with that, good luck hunting and fishing, and thanks for listening.